2021, and who would have thought that we're gonna be doing service online, but here we are doing service online, and uh, I wanna explain to you the, the scenario that led us up to the cancellation of Christmas Eve service and also this service, uh, which was a disappointment for our staff and for, uh, for us as well, but um, we felt that it was the wisest thing to do. Um, several of uh, the families in our church contracted COVID and it rapidly went through their families. Uh, my family was one of them. And um, I, start, I, I asked Pastor Norman what, sh what, we, what we should do, uh, not just because it was going through our family, but um, recently, uh, Angie Tanoya, one of our faithful members, uh, she was a, a greeter uh, for a decade, over a decade, um, passed away. And then we also uh, will be uh, celebrating the life of Elaine Binky tomorrow at uh, 4 4.30, 5 o'clock will be her memorial service here at the church. Um, Elaine Binky was the mother of Kamu and Melissa Binky, who played, uh, plays bass for us on Sunday mornings. And we'll be having her memorial service tomorrow. Um, but there is a lot of different things that were happening uh, during that time. Um, in the past month, so for two years straight, there was uh, the prophetic word and the, the intercessors would speak the word over our church that this is a place of Goshen where uh, God was protecting us and, and whatnot. And, and then all of a sudden we started seeing people get affected with COVID. And it wasn't just in our church, but it was... Uh, across Hawaii. So in the past several months, uh, I contracted COVID, Pastor Kaipo contracted COVID just a little while ago, uh, Pastor Greg from Living Way, uh, uh, Pastor Morocco from, um, from um, King's Cathedral, his son, Vance Texjero, Pastor Herman from, uh, from across Kahului Harbor uh, Faith Family Fellowship, um, and then Pastor Sid Sumita passed away. He was, he was one of uh, Grace Bible's uh, pastors on Oahu, and my parents got a chance to celebrate his life recently. And so it, it seemed as if there's this, this protection that had been lifted off the church. And so I've been praying about that and asking God why all of these things are happening at the same time across the whole body of Christ. And the thing that I was led to was Jesus had an amazing ministry where he was supernaturally protected by every single person that was meaning him harm. But there was a time where he had to give his life so that he could identify with those that suffered, uh, identify with us. And that scripture uh, is found in Hebrews 2.18, and it said that he was allowed to suffer to help those of us who suffer. And I believe that God uh, has allowed this to happen so that we can sympathize with others who are in, uh, in, in need and also suffering. Um, I called Pastor Norman and asked him what's going on in Oahu, and he said that they're seeing a spike in numbers from Omicron, and it's, uh, their worship team is getting affected, and their young adult uh, uh, service is getting affected. And um, I talked to my sister, uh, Sharina, and she's, she said, you should look at what's happening with the airlines. And I looked online, and there's 2,000 flights from, uh, from Christmas Eve, 2,000 flights that have been canceled. And the reason why they've been canceled is because the crew and the crew members, the pilots, have contracted COVID and 99% of them are vaccinated. So we know that this is spreading uh, in the transportation and a lot of, a lot of uh, the planes are coming into Hawaii and, uh, and we personally have seen 
um, just in the past week, about four different families in our own church uh, contract COVID. And so what's happening is there's a lot of people, vaccinated and unvaccinated, who are catching it. And this is right before Christmas, and everybody's eating together, and then we're going to come into church. And so we just wanted, out of an abundance of caution, to uh, not get together and just see what happens. So what we've found and what I've experienced and the different people that have experienced uh, catching COVID is you don't feel any symptoms for three to four days. And after three to four days, you feel the symptoms. And so if it's true that uh, lots of tourists are coming in because all these flights are getting canceled and people are working in the tourist industry and they're bringing it home during the Christmas Eve and Christmas celebrations, it could spike. And so I looked on our, our website, the Hawaii website, and on Maui on the 23rd, because there's no data after the 23rd, but on the 23rd, uh, right before uh, Christmas Eve is the last day that we have of data, we've actually had the highest number of positive cases in, in, on Maui, 141 cases. And uh, the previous high was in the past uh, Delta uh, variant, and that was 130. So we're 10 above that, and that's before all the family gatherings and New Year celebrations and stuff. So we felt out of an abundance of caution that we wanted to uh, have everyone stay home after their celebrations uh, with family and friends. And then if anybody contracts it, they'll feel it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or around that time frame. Um, I just want to encourage you that if you start feeling a sore throat or any you know, uh, symptoms of body aches, that it's really, really important to uh, get early treatment, to treat it early, and that will keep it from progressing into the next phases. Uh, our family, uh, we took the early protocols and everything that uh, is in that nutraceutical pack as well as ivermectin. Um, and I would encourage you, don't wait. Uh, if there's any symptoms that you feel, go ahead and call Dr. Kurt. Um, all of the information is in that nutraceutical pack, so how to use it is in here, as well as Dr. Kurt's phone number that you can call and he can prescribe things. Um, but what we really want to do is, is not hunker down and we don't want to shrink back. But this is a great opportunity for ministry. And, and it's so amazing that before this has happened that we've made all of these packs. And uh, one of the families that caught this, uh, it went through their workplace. And one of uh, this person's close uh, co-workers got it as well. And, and so he... Uh, he took the, the nutraceutical pack and he felt really good, but he was so concerned for his coworker that he took this to his coworker. And his coworker, he's been inviting to church over and over again. And the guy's kind of like, you know, anti, doesn't want to go to church and stuff. But he was able to give this to him. And he said that when he talked to him, his friend was so afraid because of everything that's been going on. And he got a chance to, to, to minister to him and tell him, hey, everything's going to be okay. And then in the pack, there's also like... A, a pigeon gospel track, how, how to get to heaven from Hawaii, pigeon English style. And so this is a cool way to share the gospel. Um, it's $100 worth of, of uh, nutraceuticals. And so uh, our church is making it available for no cost. And so please, if you haven't signed up for this, please sign up for it and, um, and, and get it not just for yourself, but for uh, people that you know that could be um, affected by this. Uh, next week. So we had the highest number, 141, before, um, before all the family gatherings. And so um, what they're seeing on Oahu is just this huge spike, thousand, uh, over a thousand people per day. 
And uh, I'm anticipating that we're going to see a spike uh, here in Hawaii too, which is on Maui, which will be a great opportunity uh, to minister and to uh, share the love of Christ with those around uh, around us. And so, um, so yeah, 2,000 flights canceled. Uh, the Aloha Bowl has been canceled. Um, and that's the first Aloha Bowl that's ever been canceled. Uh, so it's in that context, in the context of what we're experiencing, that we thought it wise to protect our congregation and to wait out uh, the family gatherings and see what happens next week. Um, so we'll get together next week to, to keep a pulse on everything and to see um, how the numbers are and if we'll get together before New Year's. Um, so New Year's, we might not get together depending on what we see in the numbers. Uh, but even if we don't get together, I still want to encourage you to, um, to pick up the nutraceuticals and, and also uh, look for opportunities where God can use you to minister to others. And so, uh, so with that, I want you to don't tune out, even, even if you're online. God wants to speak to you this morning. I believe uh, I have an awesome word this morning to share that's fit, fit for the time that we're living in. Um, so I want you to repeat this after me as you're home uh, watching online. And I want you to say, God wants to speak to me this morning. Go ahead and say that. And then I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell the person next to you, God wants to speak to you this morning. So, so, so promise me this, put your hand up and look at the computer screen and say, I solemnly swear that I will not go to the refrigerator and I will not check other things online, but my attention will be focused on the word that is being spoken for the next 30 minutes. And I swear this to Jesus Christ Amen. Okay, keep your word. All right, so um, the, the word for this morning is from curses to blessing. From curses to blessing. Everyone say that, from curses to blessing. Um, let's read the scripture at the count of three. One, two, three. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 28. Can we pray this morning? God, thank you so much for being here with us, that you're with each person in their home or wherever they are watching this. Uh, God, we thank you that even in the situation that we find ourselves in with uh, the Omicron uh, variant, that even though it's very contagious, that uh, everything that has been shown is that it's not as deadly as the others. And God, we know that your hand is on everything that we do and that, that your hand is for good in our lives. And so we just want to thank you for your protection and your mercy and your grace on every single one of our lives. We just pray that you'd use us during this time, Lord, that you would take away any fear or anything that uh, is concerning your people. God, I just pray your spirit of peace would rest upon every single house. And Lord, that you would use us to be your hands and feet. You said that you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And so we just pray that you would uh, work in us and work through us, speak to us through your word this morning. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Okay. Um, 
we talked last week about how God turns things that are undesirable into things of beauty. How Jesus uh, made a manger, a place that was this stinky place, a place that is shown on every street corner as uh, the nativity scene that gives hope and joy during the Christmas season. And how he took an instrument of shame and punishment and suffering, the cross. And now through his life and what he did on the cross, people hang this thing on their necks because it's a, it's a symbolism of hope and a symbolism of love. And God, he takes the things that are the worst things and he can turn curses into blessing. Amen? He can turn curses into blessing. And um, I want to talk this morning about, about how or the pattern in scripture of how Jesus, a lot of times when he blesses us, he blesses us in ways that we don't anticipate and even look at as an inconvenience or look at as an offense. Um, so the first, there's three different points I want to look at this morning. One, Jesus was offensive to Mary. How many think that Jesus was offensive to Mary? The birth of Jesus was offensive to Mary. Um, number two, that Jesus was offensive to Joseph and his family. And then number three, that Jesus was offensive to those that he blessed. So we're going to look at different examples of that. Um, before I do that, everything that happens to us, how many of you sitting at home and how many of you here that are, are watching just my family and Miles and Leigh and our staff here, um, but how many of you have been offended this past week or in the past couple months? How many of you have been offended? Raise your hand. Say, I've been offended. Um, how many of you have seen a situation that was negative in your life, that you could have looked at as negative in your life? Uh, my dad, when I was growing up in church, he used to tell this story. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the story, but I'm going to put names in the story. Even though there are no names, this is a fictitious story, but we'll just play around with it. So um, there was a family where there was two children. And one was a pessimist and one was an op optimist. So the pessimist child... Her name was Sharina. And then the, the optimist child, his name was Jonathan. And there was one Christmas, this past Christmas, where, or several, you know, when, when we were kids, that my parents, they decided to test the pes, uh, pessimistic nature of Sharina and the optimistic nature of Jonathan. So, so my parents pulled into a house, uh, gave Sharina a brand new bike for Christmas. And at the same time, they... They pulled in this big pile of manure uh, for me, for Jonathan. And, uh, and Christmas morning comes, and Sharina comes, and she looks at this brand new bike, and she looks at the tires, and she says, those tires look kind of flat. And that color, that, that, I don't like that color. And if I jump on this bike and I ride around on this bike, I'm going to go around the parking lot over and over again and faster and faster, and I'm going to go into the basketball court hoop and break my arm because she actually did that. And so she said, I, I, I don't want a bike because I know I'm going to get hurt on a bike. And then Jonathan came out, and he saw this pile of manure in the front of the house, and he got so happy that there's this pile of doo-doo in front of the house and started running all over the place, and he was happy, and he was, like, looking all over and, and his parents came and said, Jonathan, why are you so happy? There's just this big pile of manure. And John looked at his parents and said, well, if there's a pile of manure here, there has to be a pony somewhere. That didn't really happen, but um, it illustrates how we can look at 
a situation and have a positive attitude or a negative. And how many of you have been in stinky situations in the past year or past two years? And in every situation that's bad, we can either look at it uh, through a lens of positivity. And, and the positivity really comes from faith in the nature of who our God is. If we believe that our God works all things together for good, then everything, even things that are bad, we can have a trust and a hope that those things will work together for good. Um, this, was, this was a really, uh, you know, if you, we look at the, the story of Mary and we think everything was great. But if you, if you look at what was going on in her life, she was engaged. How many of you have ever been engaged? and looking forward to your wedding and everybody coming to your wedding and to celebrate and to have, you know, a big, a big hurrah. That was what was going on in Mary and Joseph's life. And it was in that time that she was engaged to Joseph and she, looking forward to the wedding and the celebration with her family and his family that the Holy Spirit, uh, through the angel Gabriel, communicates that she is going to be with child. And so... Matthew 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as followed. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before, everyone say before, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Um, I was reading through how Gabriel announced this to Mary. How many of you women, if right before your wedding, and you have your dress picked out, and you're all ready to get married with your family and his family, God visits you and says, hey, you're going to get pregnant before the wedding. How many would be just overjoyed? Anybody? How many think that that would kind of throw a wrench in your plans and be a little bit inconvenient or a little bit offensive? Um, but let's read how this was introduced to Mary. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, everyone say virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with you, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast her mind uh, what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and his name shall be Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I have not known a man? And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And then she said, Be it according to your word. It's interesting in this scripture that, that God didn't ask Mary for her permission. He just said, This is going to happen. And she said, So be it according to your word. How many of you in your life, God asks you for your permission before he does stuff? I mean, sometimes he does. Other times, whatever his will is, happens regardless of our opinion. But how many know that his 
will for her life was amazing. And it, was, it changed the course of history. And it was for her good and for the good of humanity. And that's the God that we serve. But it never comes through something that's easy. It never comes through something that we would perceive as a blessing. A lot of times it comes through something that we perceive as an inconvenience or even offensive to us. Now, now that was through Mary's eyes. What about Joseph's eyes? It says, Jesus, um, let's read this scripture together. Matthew 1, verse 19 and 20. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was mindful to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So when I was in seminary, one of my professors, he brought up this point of this story. And he said that we look at Jesus coming to Bethlehem, or Mary and Joseph coming to Bethlehem, and being in this manger, this stable that was in isolation because there was no room for them in this hotel or inn. And if you look at that, if you look at the scripture and you take the Greek of inn, it actually says guest room. There was no room in the guest room. And what was happening was a census was being declared, taxes were being paid, and everybody had to go to their hometown. So Joseph was going back to his hometown. And if he was going back to his hometown, he had family there. And it was, it was a custom back then to take care of travelers, and even more so it's, if it's family. So it's very, very possible that Joseph wasn't going to a hotel, but he was coming back to his own home, and in his own home, there was also his brothers and sisters that were coming back to their ho own home, and it was a huge family celebration, and because the house was filled with people, they had to uh, go under the house where they would have the main, or the, the, the barn with the animals. And because she couldn't give birth because everybody was up there, uh, they allowed her to give birth downstairs. Now, if, if you think about that in, in that context, what were all of Joseph's brothers and sisters and family thinking during the time? Because Joseph is getting married to this woman who's pregnant before the wedding. And back then, that was a huge taboo. And they were probably all thinking that she was, she was unfaithful and that she was promiscuous and that she wasn't worthy to be the wife of Joseph. And that the, the, the baby being born to Mary was from a different man. And the perception of the whole family of Joseph was probably very skewed when looking at Mary. The interesting thing is, it was a very offensive thing to the family, probably even to Joseph until he got visited by the angel. But it was a gift of God that was beyond any gift that he gave anyone. But the perception around that gift was that it was a curse. And how many of you, if you were Mary's or Joseph's brothers and sisters, would have felt good about him being with Mary? I, we look at it and we're like, oh yeah, we would have... We, we understand and we know, but if you were in that situation, how many of you would really look at that as a blessing? Not many. And so the one point to take away from everything is that our perception is not reality most of the time. Our perception, a lot of times, is not the same reality of God. And, and what we need to understand is that, that the offenses, the things that, that are inconvenient for us, 
the things that we look at as curses, the things that we look at as, as things that are uh, undesirable in our lives, is even though we perceive them that way, it could be one of the greatest blessings that God is putting in our lives. And, and I want us, as people of God, to come to a place of humility where we admit and we know that even though we think we know what's right, and even though we think we know what's best for us, there's a lot of times, most of the time, that God's way is way different than our way, and God's way is much more inconvenient than our way, but God's way is better than our way. Can you say that to the person sitting next to you? Tell the person sitting next to you, God's way is way better than my way. And then tell the person, God's way is much better than your way. It was, it was offensive to Joseph and his family, and it was the greatest gift. It was the greatest gift of all. The last thing was Jesus was offensive to the people that he blessed. Now, if you look at Jesus, that he was offensive to Mary, he was offensive to Joseph, that's one thing. But then you can actually jump into the ministry of Jesus and look at how Jesus performed his miracle. Like, his first miracle was turning water into wine. And the miracle was requested uh, not by the people at the feast, but it was actually requested by his mom. And his mom asked Jesus, they've run out of wine. Is there anything that you can do to help us? And what did, Mary, or what did Jesus tell Mary? Jesus looked at Mary and said, woman, what have I to do with you? My time has not come. How many of you would think that that's, how many of you, if your son looked at you and said, woman, my time has not come, how many of you would get a little bit offended? My wife is raising her hand. I don't, I don't think my sons would live an extra day if they looked at, at Joss and said, woman, and called her woman. But Jesus called, that's what Jesus did to his mom. And, and it was followed by a miracle. If you look at the other miracles that Jesus did, the first scripture, John 9, verse 6, it says, When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with saliva, and then he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. How many of you would have chosen for Jesus to heal your eyes or any part of your body with his saliva making mud in the ground and then putting it on you? Anybody? That's a little bit offensive, right? But it said that through that, that the person received his sight. Uh, another time, it said he answered and said to this woman who was asking just for healing for her, her daughter. And he looked at her and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith, and let it be so as you desire and her daughter was healed from the very same hour. I think a lot of times, God tests our faith through offense. And there's so many things that we can get offended with. And he allows that to happen to test our faith in him, our trust in him. That even though there's things that are happening in our lives that don't make sense and that offend us, that we can still trust God. Right now in our culture, the thing that I see that's, that's very troubling to me is that everybody is offended so easily. And it's this attitude of being easily offended that shows that there's an, a lack of faith in our culture. 
It even says in scripture that when Jesus returns, will he find faith on the earth? And I think that the, the, one of the symptoms that we see is this attitude of being easily offended. I was talking to uh, my daughter who came back from college, and she was saying that different kids have pronouns, right? So like, if it's a guy that thinks they're a girl, that they need, they're, they're a they or something. I don't know what it is. But, but this attitude of entitlement, you should call me what I want, what I think in my mind I should be called. And if you don't, I'm offended with you. Like that is a level of offense that I have never seen before where people get mad at someone else for not calling them what they think they are even when culture thinks it's wrong. Like, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. I have a master's degree. I've never gone to someone and said, you call me Pastor John. No, 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 you call me Pastor Master John. I never get mad. I never, I don't care. That doesn't offend me. But there's people that get offended because they're not called they. Anyway. I'm getting off topic, but I'm just saying that in our culture, there's this culture of being offended easily, and we as a people of God should have the opposite spirit. We should, we should have an attitude that is not entitled, that does not get offended easily, and it's that atmosphere that, that we can create around our own lives that attract the hand and the favor and the blessing of God. How many want to be blessed by God? If you want to be blessed by God, don't be offended in anything. There's so much to be offended about. You see it on the news. You hear it from all kinds of stuff. And as people of God, we need to resist the desire and the fleshly urges to get offended at people who don't hold our own beliefs. Amen? Amen. Um, one of the things that I've been so encouraged with, even in this season where people are experiencing tragedy. Uh, I talked to Tony Tenoya uh, last, last week, and his wife Angie passed away. And he came to church, and he was sitting right there. Um, and, and I went to go talk to him, and I said, and there's so many times that I've seen people whose loved ones have passed away. And, and one of the hardest things is to come to church after your spouse has passed away because it's, you're reminded of that you're, you're not with them. And so I went there and I said, hey, you know, I wasn't expecting you to, to be in church this morning. And he said, no, I promised the Lord that I would be here. And I promised my wife that I would be here. And it's, it's, a, it's a promise I made and it's a promise I'm going to keep. And, and then we started talking after about uh, the celebration of life that we would do for her in, in April. And he said, I want it to be a place where, you know, people can, can be introduced to the God that she loved and the God that she served. And even in tragedy, he's not cursing God. Even in tragedy, he's not running away from God. But in tragedy, he's wanting people that knew and loved Angie to come to know the same God. That's the attitude, and that's, that's a culture that he's developed in his own spiritual life that doesn't take offense. And it's that kind of culture that, that attracts the hand of God and the blessings of God. The other one, I was talking to Kamu, and, and we're, Kamu and Melissa, and we're planning uh, the, 
the celebration of life for his mom tomorrow. And one of the things that he said is, I really want the gospel to be shared. I want, I want her, to, her life to be honored in a way that other people can come to know the God that she loved. And I'm so encouraged to be a part of a community of faith that even in times of tragedy, that there's no offense, there's no anger, there's no hatred, but there, there is this attitude of trust, hope, and love in a God who have, has received these lives to himself. I was talking to another person who his family contracted COVID, and his concern was for his friend that, that also contracted it in his workplace. And when he could be fearful and he could be concerned about his situation, his whole thought was, man, I've been trying to invite this guy to church my whole life, and this is the opportunity. And he, he took a pack up to his friend and, and gave it to him, and it had the track in the, in the package. And I'm seeing the church rise to what could be one of the greatest opportunities and the greatest moments uh, of, of our life. And I don't think it's going to last forever. With, with what's happening with Omicron, it's very contagious, but it's the least deadly. And this is how the Spanish flu and a lot of the other pandemics have fizzled out. It's, it's been through a very virulent and very contagious strain that is not deadly. And then people, uh, there's a herd immunity and it fizzles out. And I believe that's what we're looking at. But in this hour that we're seeing the spike and we're seeing different things happen, and I believe that we're going to see it, it's a great opportunity for the church to rise up and to be a blessing to the community who is fearful and who doesn't know what the future holds. We can go there and, and speak peace into a place of torment. We can speak peace, pray peace uh, of God and the love of God into the hearts of people that we know and people that we care about and love. And and I would really encourage you to look at this next several weeks that's coming up as an opportunity to minister to those uh, that are in your workplace, those that are in your family. Take every opportunity. Don't be fearful yourself, but take every opportunity to minister the love and grace of God in a practical way. And I think that if we do that and we step through those doors of opportunity that what the enemy intends for evil, God can use for good through our lives. If we look at curses and the nature of God, that through curses, he brings blessing, that if we can embrace that and see God's hand, even in a situation that the world looks at as hopeless or the world looks at as fearful, if we can have the eyes of the kingdom, then God can use us as his hands and his feet. Amen. Amen. Um, so I just want to encourage you, um, you know, the next couple of weeks that we might see cases spike. We might see people, uh, even ourselves, uh, contract COVID. But in that, remain, uh, remain faithful, have peace, believe that God is going to do something great in, in, your, in your life and through your life. And, and he will. So let, let's pray this morning. God, thank you so much for your hand on our lives. God, we praise you as a marvelous and wonderful God. Thank you that we're your children and that there's no one or nothing that can take us from your hand. And thank you that you work all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And that your nature is 
that what the enemy intends for evil, God, that you can take those things and you can use it for good. I pray that 